0: friends it has been two weeks since our last episode we really felt like obedience was just being quiet and being still and leaning in and listening to amazing conversations that are happening today i am so oh my gosh so thrilled to bring you an incredible conversation between me and my new friend danny you might know her on Instagram at Oh Happy where she creates beautiful artwork with amazing words of what it looks like to move forward. She puts art and words together on loving God and loving our neighbors well. Seriously, so beautiful. And to be honest with you, you've probably seen a few of her artwork pieces shared on Instagram and social media because it's just that beautiful. So today, more specifically, we're sitting down and talking about what are the steps that we can take to be a part of this conversation and to be activators. Instead of just sharing on social media, what action steps can we take in real life? What's the heart change that needs to happen and how does transformation happen inside this conversation of race? We both share some pretty vulnerable things about where we are in this conversation, the type of work that God's doing inside our own hearts. And I'm so excited to bring to the table the things that I've learned by unplugging, reading, listening, and leading in these past two weeks. My favorite part of the conversation, however, was honestly equipping you with tools to add to your tool belt of just buzzwords that you've probably been hearing on social media haven't really known what they mean. So, we're going through some words like white privilege, anti racism, performative, implicit bias, being an ally, what is white fatigue, and all these things that add to the conversation. And you can add to your vocabulary when having these conversations with friends and family. So, without further ado, here is my conversation with Danny. Danny, welcome to Behind the Bliss podcast. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Hey, the cool thing about what you're doing is and what I told you before you even started recording is you're opening up an amazing line of communication for things that you said has been a conversation for hundreds of years Mm -hmm. people are excited and like leaning in and listening and I think so much transformation is happening there's a long way to go but a lot of really cool Mm -hmm. heart work is being done which I think is preliminary and the ways that you're going about it I told you I don't know of any other words genius because it's grace driven (laughs) It's like gospel-driven, but it's also mm-hmm. so like information good and heavy that people are humbled because they're like, well, I don't know what that means. I have to mm-hmm. listen. Did
1: you anticipate mm-hmm. this happening at all? Like what it's could, become for you? I could never have seen this in a million billion years. Like I, I tell people all the time, I started doing this illustration stuff in January, like for fun. And like, you're as a a hobby. A new, like, yeah,
0: this is new yeah, thing for you. This is a new
1: thing. I. I, I do graphic design and things like that. I was doing that for a living. I had started my own business last year and launched it in January. So I was a new business owner and I was doodling for fun. And I, it was Martin Luther King Jr. Day actually, where I was seeing all the well-meaning posts with his quotes and people you know describing his life in a way that was different from the Martin Luther King that I had known so I had Mm. made a post uh, an illustration and it basically said like he's not this passive peacemaker that a lot of these out of context quotes are painting him to be but he was a radical disruptor he challenged the status quo he encouraged civil disobedience and he was this world changer and I just wanted to change the the topic around that and that illustration was the first one that got shared outside of my friends. And I was like, oh, yeah. oh so y'all listen when it's pretty. Okay. Huh? Yeah, That's brilliant. Y'all listen when it's beautiful. Let's go. Yeah. And, and I, I, saw a very unique opportunity to, uh, shine a new light on this conversation. And yeah, now here we are. And here we are to be on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I get to have a conversation with you. Are you kidding me?
0: I was like, do I call her Oh Happy Danny or well, what am I call? <laughs> happy Danny or like Danny Cook? Like what? Yeah, who what am I? I? Her? I love it. I love it. Well, besides you being an artist, tell us about you. Yeah. Okay. So
1: I am twenty five. I live in Georgia with my family. I went to school for business administration I actually had a hospitality major because I thought I was going to be an event planner
0: Hmm. and so
1: I I always thought that that was my life like from high school on I was like yep event planning and I graduated got a job at an event planning agency and I was like yeah this is not it amen (laughs) it's not it but I just (laughs) yeah that's not the one I I just don't have the attention to detail it requires and it's such a incredible but incredible field and that is just not me so hmm. while I was there I got to work in marketing and I was like huh maybe I can do this full-time so I started getting some clients on the side and then I left my job and I started pursuing this full-time and yeah and then it's turned into this beautiful place I'm in now where I get to illustrate and I get to talk about things I love and I get to talk about Jesus and it's been really fun it's been so, really fun.
0: It's the new thing. And you know your story. You know who it reminds me a lot of? Who? Like how your artist even came – or your art even came to be? Morgan Harper Nichols. That's exactly her story basically. Really? She was like, I was doing this for fun and I just like hit a trend on accident.
1: Yeah. Yes. And one of her and Pinterest posts went
0: viral. And she's brilliant.
1: She's, and She's a lot I – I told uh, – I sent a message the other day. I was like, she's the reason why a lot of us even do this di- digital illustration thing. I really feel like she paid for it. Totally.
0: But now here you are, I feel like taking really awesome conversation, mm-hmm. awesome education, but then also such like a, like I said in the beginning, a grace-filled way to go about it. It's not abrasive, mm-hmm. but it's a good aggressive. It's like, a, mm-hmm. let's get after it. Like, come on, let's rally together. Let's do something big. Let's have conversations. Let's drop some words. People might not know what they mean quite yet, which hopefully we'll get yeah. to today. <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> really it's just like start opening it up. A vulnerable like question answer, lean in, listen, kind of place, and you've created that. And it's like it feels so safe. and it mm-hmm. feels like, I don't know. I've learned a lot from you. So I was like, Hello, let me introduce my <laughs> friends to Danny, my new oh. friend, and we can just um chat. And so you did a beautiful like three-day series, I would call it, where we talked (laughs) about the need for it to be upward first, inward second, outward last.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Where did that come from? Was that just like so God-breathed that you were like, we need to talk that way?
1: (laughs) I love that question a lot. And it stemmed from doing this art and realizing that so many people were sharing it, Mm -hmm. but I didn't want to encourage sharing only. I didn't want to be a platform that was allowing everyone to just passively be like, yeah, I see it. I see the situation. I see the issue. And like, yeah, here's a cool piece of art, but to go beyond that and say, I'm responsible for turning for turning my awareness into action. And so that's kind of what I named the series because I felt a deep responsibility. Um, honestly, whether it was God breathed, I, I believe it was and I, I feel <laughs> as though <laughs> I felt an intense responsibility to equip others with not just the pretty art but also like action steps that they can take in this new season and this new journey for a lot of people where we're turning the page in history and we're trying to do something new and different and change the narrative so yeah, that. that's kind of where it came from. And separating can we walk it
0: through them three those three things real fast?
1: Absolutely, I love to. So I started with upward, and I called it the sin of silence and God's heart for justice. And in that video, I really wanted to break down God's heart for His people, how He created us in His image for His glory, and how all of us are made in the image of God. And when we look through Scripture, we see different examples of him calling us to action in terms of seeking justice, standing up for the oppressed, loving our neighbor as ourselves, and all of these charges that we can't ignore. Yeah.
0: So- That were almost like such a pattern. Yes. You, it's not like a one instance, like Jesus said, Jesus did. It's like Jesus yes. was, period. Yes. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Jesus
1: was. Yeah. And then I also, when I talk about the sin of silence, I, I talk through how there's two types of sins that we see throughout scripture Um, primarily we have the sin of commission which is you know the thoughts thought the actions taken uh, the Mm -hmm. words spoken and then we have the sin of omission where God says throughout his word that to know what to do and do it not is sin and so I wanted to discuss there about how important it is to reconcile and repent for the sins that we've committed knowingly or unknowingly whether we said something or chose not to say something when we needed wow, to. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I kind of walked through all of those because I felt it was so important before we could do any work, we need to and take inventory of where we are spiritually. And if we have been fulfilling the call that God placed on our lives in this specific area that often goes overlooked.
0: Yeah. And when I was taking the time to do my own upward work, I was so humbled. And I think it gave me an opportunity to sit in silence long enough for the Lord to be like, it's you problem too. Like you are not exempt. (laughs) You are contributing in your own ways. And can I reveal what those are? And then we can work from there. But if I never gave him the opportunity to first say like, Hey, here's some things that we can do together to work towards this, then it would be so like, it would, it would be acting. I would be doing Mm -hmm. it because everyone else was doing it and doing it because I felt like I needed to out of obligation, instead of it being like a wow, no, like I'm going to continue to contribute to this problem yeah. if I don't first seek out my own sin. And it was hard and I cried a lot. Oh my gosh, I might even cry again the first oh, wow. four days because I realized yeah. unless I fix me,
1: this isn't going to work. Absolutely. And that's exactly where the call for repentance and was re- comes in. That's how I ended that video and, and what I would encourage everyone to do who's beginning this journey um, once you, once you see God and you see the areas where you've fallen short, because we all fall short. Yeah, um, yes, that's good. It's, it's a beautiful opportunity to not only recognize, but repent and recommit and say, from this point on, I'm going to take more of an active approach in the way I mm-hmm. fight for and stand up for my brothers and sisters who are marginalized or oppressed
0: mm-hmm. and
1: that there's grace for all of us. And yeah, None of us will be perfect on this journey. So what a beautiful, beautiful example of that. I love that so much. You tweeted something about that.
0: You said, perfection is not a prerequisite. I can't even say the word. Perfection (laughs) is not a prerequisite to participation. Yeah. You can actively work on diversity in your life and use your voice against injustice at the same time. Allyship is a journey. So don't feel pressured to get it right immediately. And I breathed a deep breath. I was like, okay, I don't have to have
1: it right to say yes and to start. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And that's what I, um, I also encourage people to remember that the inner work and the outer work can happen in tandem. You can do them both mm-hmm. at the same time. That's and it's important that we do that because I never want someone to say you have to be f- uh, free of every sinful racist mm-hmm. or prejudiced tendency before you can say racism is wrong. That's right. That a lot of us would not be outspoken for Jesus in our lives if that was the case. It's like, oh, I I sin every day. I sin all the time. So I can't tell people that Jesus wants to heal us from sin because I've sinned, you know, and it's, that's, we still, even in our imperfection, want to declare like what is true and what is just and what God's desire is for us as we live here on this Mm -hmm. earth. So definitely, uh, I encourage both to happen at the same time. I love that.
0: And then once the upward, there's the inward, mm-hmm. and the outward. The
1: inward, inward and yeah. outward. And I and yeah, like you said, just now, like we were both just saying um, it can happen at the same time. And I, I have this traffic light uh, illustration where I talk about um, the red light being listening to the experiences of uh, people of color as they share it. And then the yellow light being amplified and lifting their voices so what their their experiences and opportunity uh, their experiences and um, struggles are heard in their own voice, and then mm-hmm. the green light would be to speak out against what's going on and against injustice. And I one thing that I said that reminded me of this specific conversation is that you don't have to wait um, before you amplify someone else before you speak out against injustice as well. That's right. I had I had said lights change from red to green all the time. Once you hear and you understand, you have full permission to speak out and say, I condemn That's racism. That's good, Danny, yes. Yeah, I condemn hate. As I'm working through it, as I'm working to amplify other people, it's still wrong. Right.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yes. I saw something else too that said uh, this whole like anti-racist, like if you want to be an anti-racist, mm-hmm. it is not that you are – Free from any prejudice thought or implicit bias or anything like that. It is yeah. that you are committed to seeing it through, even if you find it within your own self. Yes, that's exactly and right. I, and I loved it. And I was talking to my husband about this and he's like, it's the exact same thing of like, of, of sin, really. Like, just because I'm against sin doesn't mean I'll never sin again. It means that I'm going right. to do everything it takes to turn from it every time and repent. And that's taking my cross up daily and being okay yes. with it being revealed to me.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And is when you when you allow God to work through you in that, I feel like that's where the true heart change happens. Mm-hmm. And He's the one that sustains us and give us gives us the strength to keep doing that, to keep taking that's up it. our cross. So I mm-hmm. love that so much. This is good. This is good.
0: Woo. <laughs> <Ooh.
1: laughs> I love like people
0: could join us live for this party we're having. <laughs> hey. Can we also go through some buzzwords? Because like I said earlier, I think that there's a lot of conversation I'm trying to have with people that it's hard to do when we don't share that similar vocabulary. So let's like, if it's weird, tell me. I want to go through, (laughs) though, like a list of words and we can like define it the best we know how, whether it's through experience, personal or opinion. Like, I just want to I want to do it just that we're all on the same page with this conversation moving forward.
1: So sure. And yeah, I I do want to give a disclaimer, like you just said. These I'm just gonna answer them in the way I have them in my mind. These are not gonna yeah. be like Webster Webster <laughs> <Yes>. definition. <laughs>
0: yeah. Just we we will, know. Hey, I'm gonna I'm actually gonna put the Webster dictionary definition in our show notes. So Perfect. if you want like the I mean these are gonna be accurate still, but if you want like word for the, word. Word for yeah. word, you can find it there. Yeah. Perfect. Number one, white privilege. Because yes. I think that this, a lot of people, it comes out of someone's mouth. And the white folks cringe. And I'm like, listen, listen, this is, and I love how you put it in one of your lives. This is not that you've never been through something hard. Right. This is just that because of the color of your skin, you right. have had several advantages yes. that others that don't share the same skin color do not have.
1: Exactly. You said it perfectly. And that's exactly how it, um, I like to reference Ijioma Oluo and the way she described it so simply in her book. Uh, so, you want to talk about race? She said Mm -hmm. privilege is simply an advantage that you have that someone else does not have. And so I like to preface this by saying that there are so many different types of privileges. I I like to note socioeconomic privilege, um, you know, male privilege in gender ish situations and things like that. Um, So in those cases, it doesn't mean. that 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 you're bad or inherently have done something wrong. It's just in the sense that you have been afforded an advantage that someone else doesn't have. And so when it comes to white privilege, it's not like you just said, I'm not calling you a racist. I'm not saying that you haven't gone through anything difficult. And I'm not saying you haven't worked hard in your life. I'm simply saying that you have been afforded certain advantages in life that others don't simply because of the color of your skin. It doesn't Mm -hmm. take away from the work you've done or... Endured. It's just saying that systemically across the board, you have privilege in the sense of your skin color providing you certain advantages. So,
0: yeah, I saw a quote. It was so good the other day. It said, uh, (laughs) This hit hard. It -hmm. said, uh, White privilege is having to do research about racial injustice and not experiencing it.
1: And I said, Great example. Wow, that is a good example. Yeah. And one thing that I, that normally happens when people first start to acknowledge this in their own lives is that they start to feel guilty for being white. It's right. like, I called it white guilt. Um, white guilt has a couple different definitions, but that's what I used to refer to it in the sense of, man, I recognize that I have this privilege. Like, what have I done? I'm so sorry. And then it turns into this, right. oh my gosh, am I, am I horrible? And I, that is not first and foremost, God's will for our, for us, when he created us in all of our skin tones, all of our ethnicities, he looked at us and said, very good. This is yeah. this is my intent created in my image. Like you're you're beautiful. But at the same time, it's not meant to internalize and say, I'm a villain. No, it's saying right. it's not saying I don't want somebody to feel guilty for being white. I just want them to feel convicted for being silent um, in mm. any instances where they haven't used their privilege for the benefit of a person of color or someone who is oppressed or marginalized. Uh, that is, that is what I think is a good use of white privilege is saying. I love that you said that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's, it's I, I even
0: experienced that like after the conviction, yeah. this is just Satan 101. You can expect it with any conversation, yeah. but as soon as you're convicted, he's going to swoop in and try to like pervert what you just learned. So for me, it was like, Okay, and now I now I'm aware mm-hmm. and I'm convicted of either implicit bias or prejudice that I have that I need like to find within myself. And then after that, the enemy was like, "Oh man, just because you're white, yeah." You know? mm-hmm. I'm like, "No, it's not because yeah. I'm white. It's because I'm a sinner." Yeah, being, yeah. If like a lot of it does have to do with my skin color, sure, but it's I, I should not be ashamed of. Also, the way I was created. So the like, way you how do we created. operate between the two of them? Yes, this is so beautiful. Like, it's yes. not a shame or a guilt thing. Like, once you recognize it, cool. Like, let's address the sin and move on. Yes. But it's not because of how you're outwardly identified. Yes. That's beautiful and perfect. Yes. Oh, good. Oh, so we keep saying this word, implicit mm-hmm. well, phrase,
1: implicit bias. Yes. You said um, this well as well. Thank you. Thank you. Um, It's also uh, known as unconscious bias. I think you said that earlier. Um, I define it as the attitudes and stereotypes that we have without realizing that we have them. Uh, I I like to say that this is a direct result of the way we were raised in terms of media, history, uh, culture, and the way that Black people are portrayed versus the way that white people are portrayed. We grew up with these narratives. So... As a black person, I have implicit bias. As a white person, you have it too. Something that we all struggle with. So I gave an example once of a woman uh, cursed tighter when walking past a black man. It's not that she meant to. She didn't think, oh, a black man, let me clutch it. It was just a natural reaction based on the way she perceives the black man in society. So Mm -hmm. that's just one example. example of that. And I think we can, yep. it's, it's applied in many different ways, but that's how I define it.
0: That's good. Um, man, I keep saying like, oh, I saw this or I saw, I read this or whatever, no, but I but they're helpful.
1: Yeah, um,
0: you're going to laugh at this one. I saw a TikTok <laughs> and it was yeah. this man <laughs> who basically was like, all right, like let's do an implicit bias test, which there is one of those, um, that you talked about, but also my aunt showed me, Harvard created where it, you can basically yeah. take a test really easily on your yeah. computer, or your phone, whatever device. And it tells you like, basically, do you have bias or not? And mm-hmm. it's, um, it's really great if you want some introspective answers. So this TikTok though, this guy was like, Hey, I'm going to, we're going to see basically if you have a bias or you have a prejudice against me because of the color of my skin. And he asked mm-hmm. a whole bunch of questions like, Say yes or no. Like, am I married? Do I have kids? Do I have multiple kids? Did I get a college education? Blah, blah. At the end, he Mm. goes, the only answer you should have said was, I don't know, because you don't know me. Oh, yeah. And I was like, "Wow, perfect. Yes, thank you. Like, that was so powerful. I was like, that is a great way. Wow. Isn't that brilliant?
1: That is fantastic. Mm.
0: Fantastic. (laughs) Um, But I think, yes, I think it's not necessarily that you would say, go to the extent of saying I am a racist. Right. But it's the simple, small, little learned behaviors that maybe mm-hmm. you've always operated in.
1: Mm-hmm. Even without realizing.
0: Of, even without realizing it. Right. And, but once you realize it, that's where the change can happen.
1: Yes. For yes. sure.
0: So once we have worked through these things mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, here I am, send me, I'm ready. Like green yeah. light, yellow light, and red light. Rachel's ready to go. (laughs) All of it. (laughs) All of it. I'm like, let's have this conversation publicly on podcast platform. Let's just do it. Mm -hmm. I would like to be considered and I'm working towards becoming an ally. So Mm -hmm. what is an
1: ally and what does it mean for you to be an ally? Mm -hmm. That's a good one too. I have this definition here that I used earlier that I want to use here because I just really enjoy it. I- think that allyship is generally defined as uh, someone who provides support to marginalized or oppressed underrepresented groups. So Mm -hmm. an ally in its most simplest form is someone who aligns himself with a marginalized group and says, I see you, I'm here for you. This is wrong. I'm standing with you to make it right. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also think that a lot of people stop there And I view allyship in general as a bit more of an active thing. So some people like to call it as – some people like to say an accomplice or a co-conspirator in the sense of that's the next level of allyship. But I still think that I can categorize all of that in the same phrase and say uh, true allyship to me is active. It's someone who is – not only aligning themselves and supporting someone who is underrepresented or marginalized, but saying, I'm going to take action to ensure well, yeah. that um, I'm helping you on an ongoing basis. And an example I've given before is in history, you remember when we learned about like World War One and World War Two? Yeah. And um, we, we learned about the allied countries, the countries that came together to oppose the uh, another force. And in that context, the ally wasn't just like, yo, United States, like I see what's happening. I'm over here. I support you. It was more like, I'm, yeah, I'm here if you need me. Yeah. Over like, here. No, they
0: offered their
1: troops. Yes. Their weapon. Yes. yes. Their resources. Yes. yes. And so That's even in, yeah. in this context, I'm not, I'm not saying we're going to war. Definitely not. But what I am sure. saying is <laughs> <laughs> as a collective, we are battling racism as a collective. It is not white versus black. It is people of the world versus racism. And we can all come together. And in this moment, we're asking allies to say, see you, we support you. We're standing by you to take action to help change what's going on. That's
0: good. Which is comparatively, like on the other hand, if you're taking, hmm, how do I say this?
1: It's hard. Someone's going to
0: be offended. So we're just going to say it. If you are... Posting, resharing, whatever it is, without standing up and saying, like you just said, let me offer my resources, offer my voice, send my troops, do the things. Mm -hmm. Green light, like you said earlier. Mm -hmm. It can be considered performative.
1: Yes. Which is
0: when you're doing it to do it to show that you did it. And that's not healthy for anyone. And I've seen a lot of this. Mm -hmm. And taking action doesn't mean reposting. Right. So, and we can get into some action steps and what people can actually do besides that, Uh but yeah, it is really hard to see so many people show up on social media and then that's that's it. And so So let's talk performative. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Let's definitely talk about this. I'm so glad you brought this up because I like to differentiate between what I call performative versus what I call productive. And Mm. I do want to say that even this huge show of support on social media, it is unprecedented. It's not Mm -hmm. something I've ever seen for any other cause. So I do want to highlight and recognize the power in that, in joining a whole army of voices that are saying racism sucks, you know? So it's, it's incredible to me, but like you said, we do have to push past Mm -hmm. that show of, um, camaraderie on social media and start taking action more specifically in our lives. So one thing that I like to say is you first start taking action, it might feel performative at first. So when I differentiate between performative and productive action, I'm not necessarily talking about the action itself. I'm talking about the intent behind it. That's good. Yep. Yeah. So you posting on social media might not be performative, but for someone else, it could be in the sense that your intent is I'm posting about this to bring more awareness and to let my followers know that this is where I stand. Someone else could be saying, I'm posting this because I'm feeling pressure from people in my- um, Direct messages. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm feeling pressure from people in my comments and I don't want them to think I'm racist, so I'm gonna go ahead and post this. So this action is can be helpful, um, it can have helpful, it can have a helpful result but that doesn't mean that the intentions are always the best, you know? And so to go beyond the performative would be cool. I posted now I'm going to take it upon myself to get educated. I'm going to diversify the people I follow. I'm going to talk to my friends and family and on and on and on like action steps that are both short and long-term that would bring about productive, real change. So good. Oh, this is brilliant. Yeah, I love We're it. Brilliant.
0: Yeah. And I hope people listening aren't like feeling condemned because that's the last thing that I think oh, no, you no, no. and I both would want them to feel. I would want you to feel empowered. Like now that I know you can't unknow, mm-hmm. so now what are we gonna do with this? I think is like a really cool and dynamic place to be. Exactly. are able to be convicted and be like, I can't unlearn this. How yeah. now do I stand up and and become an ally and use my resources and do the things and educate myself so that I can. Have conversations confidently. That is something cool too that I'm learning and seeing within myself. Like the fruit of like leaning in and learning. I'm like I can now confidently reach out to you and say like Let's have a recorded conversation without being like
1: Yeah,
0: what do I say? Isn't that amazing? Because and here's the thing is I this experience has truly humbled me in ways that no other experience has humbled me. Where I'm like, it's okay, Rachel, for you to be wrong because it's okay to receive correction. It's okay to receive correction and to have grace with myself and and be okay that other people are going to have to have grace with me. And that's really hard for a lot of people, Mm -hmm. (laughs) especially me two weeks ago. But now here I am and I'm like, okay, if I can read a testimony, I was really scared, really scared. And then now I'm like, no, now I'm pretty much on fire. And I feel like we would love to keep us in that place of being scared, intimidated, feeling like it's too awkward or whatever yeah to keep people silent and to keep injustice active and yeah. alive and that's and it's no it's not really like a and i also don't want people thinking like wow rachel's having a political issue on her podcast because it's not political this is oh, no 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 this we're not talking about anything political kingdom
1: right of now. god yeah <laughs> yes.
0: like this this should be happening should have been happening Yes. So this is me trying to use my green light.
1: (laughs) I'm so glad you said that. I'm so glad you said that because you're in essence practicing what you preach and this is productive work. And I love how you just mentioned about how it's not political because across the political divide, we can all agree that racism is evil and we don't stand for it. And so that's a call that we're having right now. We're calling to action saying we are standing up as a collective and condemning racism verbally and um, we're, we're trying to become actively anti-racist and not That's it. passively complicit. We're moving from mm-hmm. complicity. And it's a beautiful thing that a conversation that we would have been so scared to have maybe months ago, black, white, any nationality, it's not easy. And not the most exciting thing in the world to talk about race, but we, what an incredible moment that we're living in where we're actively seeking now to have these conversations with confidence Mm -hmm. and fully prepared to encounter differing perspectives and still saying, I hear you, we can grow in this. We're learning, we're changing. It's phenomenal to witness,
0: honestly. It is really cool. It's really cool. I'm excited for like my kids to learn about, or our kids, like (laughs) learn about this sitting on the other side and being like, mom, like, what did you do? Like, what was that like? Because there's things I read in history books. My parents were walking through, my grandparents were doing. Mm -hmm. So I was like, what was it like to, you know, live in Great Depression? And it was interesting to hear their perspective. And now we need to realize that we will have that again, but we'll be on the other side where kids... Grandkids will be asking us, like, what did you do? What was that like? And I want to be able to say, like, I stood for justice. These are some yes. really cool things I did. Here's what I was a part of. I actually went yeah. to a peaceful protest. I've never been in a protest before. Like, things like that. that yes. That's pretty cool. It's phenomenal. Right. It's awesome. Love it. And then the last word I would want to talk about, because I think that this is maybe what people are experiencing now with this being a week ish out from this becoming beautiful in what it is today is white mm-hmm. fatigue. And I think I'm seeing mm. it because I'm hearing the word a lot too, Where a lot of people that have been leaning in maybe for the first time, learning about these issues, no longer really in- intimidated by it, but now we're just tired. And like, mm-hmm. but I hate even saying that because I'm like, this isn't new. Mm-hmm. So like, it's new to me maybe, mm-hmm. but it's not new. And that other people have been tired for a really long time. So, like, yeah. what does it look like for me to continue to lean in, to continue to show up when this, when hashtag Black Lives Matter might not be trending in two weeks? You know, like, what does it look like to continue to do this work? And so I would want to talk to the people that are just, like, tired or feeling
1: heavy or, like, yeah. I need a
0: break. I'm like,
1: hmm. hmm. That's good. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I've heard this phrase more recently, like you just said, and based on how you described it, I probably would agree that that's what it that's what it means, right? Everyone who is just now like joining in this ongoing battle is starting to feel the weight of it, and yeah. it's not just something that we're able to sweep under the rug anymore. And that's that's a heavy. But um, I gave this descriptor to someone. I said. For a long time, I described the race conversation as uh, us as Black people sitting at a table and saying, white people, we're inviting you to the conversation. If you would sit with us, listen to us, and talk with us, um, we can make real change. And out of nowhere, this image in my mind changed from a table to a moving train going
0: 100
1: miles an hour or however is fast. I don't know what's fast. Going really, really fast. (laughs) And we're yeah. on this train, and we're asking you guys to like jump on, and we just gotta go, you know? And I think that picture even paints a, com- a completely different um, narrative in the sense of, yeah, it's not just we're sitting and having an easy conversation. It's like, this is hard work. We are trying to jump aboard a moving train and trying wow. to go wow. somewhere. And I think that that is that can be tiring as well, but one thing that I another thing that I've talked about before was thinking of class and you come to class late, your teacher is like, not gonna oh, I'm glad you're here, have a seat. We're gonna start from the top and we're gonna reteach everything we've mm. already gone through. The teacher's like, there's your chair, like points to your chair and you have a seat and you do your best to catch up and you, after class, what you do, you you seek out resources. Wow, you that's good. talk to your friends to say, what did I miss? Can you catch me up? And it's not necessarily Club on the job units. of the teacher. Yes. Yeah. Can I borrow your notes? Exactly. So I paint both of those images just to kind of give an idea of what it can feel like and look like to be a part of something that is taking a lot of energy out of you, but is also super important and um, powerful work. So I would say to anyone who is feeling like they just jumped aboard a moving train and (laughs) is exhausted, I would say lean into that, feel the weight of it, because it's not something that I want you to ever forget. Yes. Yes. I believe that it's powerful to know like, wow, I'm exhausted. This is heavy. This is hard because you're one step closer to being able to pinpoint and identify how it's felt for many other people of color who have been having to do the same exhausting thing for years. So that doesn't make it any less exhausting for you. Um, I would say, please take care of your mental health. There are a lot of, there are a lot of people who have told me I'm having conversations with my family and it is hard and I'm, I'm just so emotionally hurt and I, it's just, I totally recognize and acknowledge that that is difficult. And I'm mm-hmm. not gonna say, well, get over it. <laughs> Cause that's not thats not fair in my opinion. Um, so I do wanna acknowledge that that is difficult. Please take space to take care of yourself. If you need to lean on any kind of mental health professional, see your therapist, anything like that, I would highly encourage it because we are now in this for the long haul. And if you have, if you've come on board, you're 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 on the train, and we're moving. So, I would say instead of backing down or pulling away when it gets difficult, find a way to fortify yourself.
0: Yeah, that's good. Widen and, your stance. Buckle up. Yes, like, yes, yes. Precautionaries.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. And don't feel like you have to take all action at once. I think it's it would be so beautiful if you analyzed the gifts. Skills, talents that God has given you. Look at your sphere of influence and say, "How can I use what God gave me okay. to make a difference in this area?" For you, mm-hmm. you have a gift of speaking. You love people. You said, "This is these are the gifts and talents that I'm looking at right now." I'm sure you have a lot more, but you said, "No, I, mean, I just
0: can't. I'm just good at talking and I have friends." Truly, <laughs> really, like you just described, Rachel Audrey. That's it. That's,
1: That's all. it. I highly <laughs> doubt it. <laughs> um, you said these are the gifts and talents that I have I'm going to use my my gift of speaking to open up my podcast platform and have these hard conversations in my sphere of influence that is how I'm going to make a difference and you are making a difference, a huge difference hmm. so even I would say that to artists as well how can you create art that supports the movement and how can you create art that draws emotion um, out of people to direct them to real change so think of all the ways that you've been gifted and don't overwhelm yourself by trying to be all things to all people.
0: That's good too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And know that we literally have scratched the literal surface. That there's yeah. so much more. Mm-hmm. And I wish this could be like a eight part series. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be fun? I'm like, and our new co host, Danny. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but like, I no really. I this is gonna be. Just, yes, like, know it. I love what you said. This is going to be a long haul. Yeah. This is not a one and done, check it off your list. You learned it and move on. It's one of those that it is such a, like, huge heart. It, I mean, if you love the people of God, that this really does some hurt. I think what, why I was really, like, upset the first few days. Mm-hmm. Literally, Thomas, my husband, looked at me. He goes, are you good? <laughs> I was like, I don't think I'm good. I don't think so. I'm yeah. like – really vulnerable right now. And anything can make me cry. And it, I think it was, I prayed, break my heart for what breaks yours at the very beginning of all of this. Yeah. And for people listening, I hope, like we said earlier, this is educational and empowering. Mm-hmm. And you have tools in your tool belt to go and do the work, not that we've like, given you this rock that you're supposed to carry for the rest of your life. Exactly. And we bring it to the feet of Jesus. Ask what can you do? Yes. Be spirit led. Mm-hmm. And some beautiful things are going to happen. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Hey, one of my favorite things to ask at the end of every episode is what are you loving these days?
1: It could be anything. Okay. Okay. This is good. This is good. I am loving DoorDash. Oh, I'm loving Christ. getting food delivered to my house. That's it. Almost days where I just don't have any energy. Definitely can't leave my house. Then the lovely DoorDash person is like, here's your food. <laughs> God is good god so
0: good what, <laughs> what do you typically order are you like a local delivery person or are you like yes.
1: uh oh so a little bit of both right um i there's this place near my house called el ranchero beautiful delicious mexican food mm. i thoroughly enjoy it i also thoroughly enjoy hot wings and fries so it just depends oh my gosh <laughs> it's my favorite food uh, oh really yes
0: Oh my god. American Deli like, has too much of my money. That's funny. Yeah, our friends, they order they have a wings place next to their house and so they'll always text us be like, "Hey, we're getting bomb And we're like, "On it. Coming." Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, then though. <no. laughs> Love yes. it. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> for real. Thank you so much for being here. I mean, like yeah. I said earlier, the work that you're doing is incredible and amazing, and to be the slightest part of it is such an honor. So, thank you for taking time, sitting down and just having Another one of these really good conversations with lots of people that I hope are feeling loved and charged and championed. Yeah. For all y'all wondering where you can find her work, she is on Instagram at oh happy Danny. Yes. And be blessed and see all the beautiful work and
1: words that she's putting together. It's so Aww. cool. So oh, thank you so much. This has been really, really great for me too. What a beautiful platform you've created. And I'm honored. Thank you so much.